Howdy. Howdy. Well, I was thinking about some pieces of this passage that we have from Paul, and something about it struck me. You see, when I was a, when I was a kid, I've, I've mentioned before that I love to play with Legos, right? Right, exactly. And the thing is, is that oftentimes when I would be sitting there playing with Legos and putting something together, and I would keep thinking to myself, I'm missing a piece. I, I know that there's a piece that I have, and I'd really like to use it for this car or this plane or this house or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, down the hall, I would hear, ah! And I'd have two thoughts in my mind. Number one, I am definitely in trouble because I think my father stepped on a Lego. And two, I wonder if that's the Lego piece I needed. The thing is, is that I'm sure that I'm not the only person who ever was told the same thing over and over and over and still needed to have it repeated over and over and over. Because oftentimes, as much as we like to think of ourselves as wise and intelligent, sometimes whether we are kids or older kids, we still have trouble with letting the same message sink in. And this is the thing that we find with the Apostle Paul, is that in Philippians 3, he has to start over again and saying, I'm going to repeat this same thing, and it's good for you, and it's not a problem for me. Why is that? Because Paul kept facing the same two main issues over and over. The Judaizers the ones who wanted to continue to say that our hope comes from the way that we practice the laws perfectly. And that the better we do them, the more God is happy and the better we are. And then the ones who were, well, we can do whatever we want because Jesus has taken care of everything. They would call it licentiousness, like I have the license to do whatever I want now. And I don't need to worry about what God does or doesn't think of it. And the trouble with both of those is that they ended up distracting from the gospel. Now, as we're looking at our epistle lesson, it ends up mentioning circumcision. Now, the thing with this is that while circumcision was seen as both a way of cleansing uh, the, the young boys at the time, but also a sense of spiritual dedication to God, Paul actually describes earlier in the chapter mutilators of the flesh. And I want to make sure I clarify for a moment. This was not him saying that circumcision was mutilation in some way. But rather imagine that you are cutting without understanding a reason for it. Doing something that has no underlying reason. Paul wants to completely scandalize the people listening. He wants them offended. He wants them bothered. Because he wants them to get just how bad things have gotten. Because what ends up happening 
is that the people at the time were taking the fact that on the eighth day, whenever their young boys were born, that they were being circumcised by the rabbi, and they were saying, well, my child is, is, is circumcised. And that would become the main way that they would say, my child is a good Jewish person. We would never do something like that, right? That we would spend so much time focusing on this one act to justify how good we are in front of others. And yet, how many times have we heard in different churches someone would say, what do you believe? And a person would say either, well, I was baptized when I was a child. I belong to this particular Christian church. And oftentimes we end up starting our description of faith with something we can point to as if that is what defines our faith. Now, this is not to say that baptism is not a wonderful time in which God plants the seed by which we begin our life of faith. That is not to say that belonging to a church is some sort of a bad thing whatsoever. But when someone says, what is your hope? The first thing is Christ Jesus died and rose again. What do you believe? I believe that God sent his son for me. I believe that his resurrection is mine. The thing is, is that we can spend so much time pointing at the outward part and then people miss the inward part. Imagine, for those who are married, imagine if your spouse were to come up to you and were to say, honey, do you love me? And then the person says to you, well, I married you, didn't I? Is that probably a good way to start the anniversary? Eh, not so much. Not so much. The thing is, is that we may point at things like the wedding photos or the ring on the, the hand at times whenever we don't feel things because it's just a good way of reconnecting. Just like our baptism and coming for communion are good touch points, ways in which we are reconnecting with God. But what is the actual underlying truth of our faith? God loves you just the way that you are. But because of that, he has now saved you from it. The truth is, is that Paul ends up seeing a people that oftentimes get so distracted with the way that they look. And of course, we understand what that is. We want to make sure that everything appears. We want to look good. We want to act right. We want to be successful. And I don't just mean being successful in the fact that we can take care of our family, but being successful as in we need people to know which stocks that we own, we need them to know which 401k or 403b that we have. We want to be able to tell them what sort of returns that we're getting. And man, if anybody had invested in Microsoft or Apple back in the day, oof, you are a celebrity, my friend. But we want to even go to the point of saying, I have a great family. And not by saying, my 
spouse, my children are merciful and kind and that they do what is good and what is right. But instead, have you seen how many medals they got at the last track race? Have you seen the scholarship that they've gotten from this college? Do you know where they're getting their next job at? The thing is, is that I was a teacher for seven years and I still remember my first year standing up there in front of the physics class knowing that the child in the back was the descendant of one of the, ch of the school's founders and board members and the pastor of the local church and that that kid was having the most issues out of anyone in that class. And that nobody could say anything because nobody could say that to the pastor. With all of this is that we oftentimes miss out on what is happening inside of us. Because we can spend our time looking at the kingdom of God as what we see around us instead of realizing that the kingdom of God is what's happening within us. See, Paul says that he is striving how often do we feel good when our pastor says, you know, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm seeing a counselor. I'm making sure that I talk with people to help bring things up. Maybe, maybe I, uh, you know, you needed to take some time away. Have a sabbatical. Lord help you if you have to go through some sort of a medication for a period of time. to say that you're striving. How hard is it to admit that you don't have it all together? How hard is it to admit that while, yes, you're moving in a positive direction, that you haven't always been where you wanted to be? When Paul says to follow after him, it's because he's willing to be honest about where his truth, where his hope actually lies. With the Son of God who has come to give everything. And that's important with Paul. Because when he says, I'm letting go of the past. This is the Paul who when he speaks to churches. Has to deal with the fact that he probably helped to kill some of their friends. This is the Paul who knows when he travels from town to town that the first people who want to come and find him are the ones who are like, well, look at the good Christians we've imprisoned. And he has to stop it. The thing is, is that being like him is not because he has it together, but rather is what pursuit he is going in. If a person says they are a musician, does it mean that they are a concert pianist? Does it mean that they have played with Yo-Yo Ma? Does it mean that they have been in front of the symphony? It means that they are learning music. To be a musician doesn't mean that you have achieved something, but rather is saying that that is what you're pursuing. And that's the truth about what it is to follow Christ. Following Christ does not mean you're perfect. Following Christ means that that's where you're going. And that's the thing about following after Paul. Is that there were so many people, not only the Judaizers, 
who wanted to say, oh, look at how good I am because of what I've gotten done, but rather also the ones that were saying, yeah, I can do pretty much anything I want because Jesus took care of it. That every craving is something that they would give into. That whenever we hear the fruits of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, I missed one. What was the one I missed? There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There are three with one syllable, three with two syllables, three with three syllables. The math teacher, that's my mnemonic. Um, But with it, is you can see someone who has no interest in displaying those at all. Or even the ones who keep pushing the boundaries of what they can or can't get away with. And to say, is that really what it is to follow after Christ? Is that really God touching who you are on the inside? Because giving in to whatever we want just because we want it is not spiritual it's an excuse it is weak and it is worthless because we have to ask where is our true citizenship what is it that we actually think we're living out and that's why it is that he ends up leading from what we're hearing today into what we're going to hear next week with chapter 4 the community of Christ. See, the thing is, is that I, I know that oftentimes it is easy to take for granted what we are and what we do. But the truth is, is that our community is more than the hour that we're spending here. Or even for those of you who have gotten involved in Bible class, the two hours that you spend here. But rather is to know that it is we connecting with one another in Christ if we do not know the people that are sitting around us and connect with them, then we are missing something key to what life in Christ is. Because truth be told, is that we are the ones to encourage one another to bring us back to the Christ who has forgiven us and to refocus us. When my cousin and I would sit and play with said Legos. And I swear it was his fault that the Legos were spilled everywhere. I promise. It was not me at all. It's not a lie. It's everybody knows you're kidding. Okay. Um, but with that, though, is that oftentimes he would start building something and I would say, what are we building? Because I had no idea what was happening. He would just put stuff together. And after a while... I would see that he was building a helicopter. And I was not good at building helicopters. I was good at building houses. Race cars, maybe. Not helicopters. So then I would sit there and I would look at what his helicopter was and I would try to learn how to build it. And mine weren't nearly as good. But I was trying. And that's the thing with us in this community. Are we spending time each week bringing each other back? Not to the things that we can be proud of on the outside and not to how much we can get away with, but rather is 
how much are you pursuing who Christ is? Because that's now who you are. This is not, are you good or bad enough? And it's not looking at the past of the good things that you did or the bad things that you did. But rather is to say you have now been redefined by God himself. The one who has given you a new life in Christ. So as we close for today, it's not about what you display and it's not about what you can get away with. It's about who you are. So let me ask you, who are you? Because the answer, my hope for you, is that we say, I am God's child in Christ Jesus. And by the way, if you do struggle with that, let me know. Let's talk about it. Because I want you all to be able to know that. But together, this gets to be our focus more than anything else. Thanks be to God.